The holiday season is in full swing. As you plan time with family and friends, there might be someone you can't be with, but who's close to your heart? Show them how much you're thinking of them with one-of-a-kind flowers and gifts from 1-800-Flowers.com. From blooms and bites to festive decor and party essentials, 1-800-Flowers.com has everything you need to express and connect for the holidays, birthdays, or every day. Shop 1-800-Flowers.com slash stream today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. You and I have the ability and the dignity and the right to make our own decisions and determine our own destiny. You're listening to The Underground. I'm your host, Frank Salvato. We've got some breaking news. We have Senate leader Mitch McConnell now saying that there has been no movement on the latest tranche, at least hopeful tranche, of small business money for uh, those who are suffering from the coronavirus and have lost their jobs. The Paycheck Protection Program still negotiating at this moment with the Democrats. But again, U.S. Senate Majority Leader McConnell says there has been absolutely no change at all in the negotiations and the money is not there yet. Now, this becomes extremely important considering... I guess this is sort of a twofer where subject matter is concerned, but it all centers on COVID-19 and the government's handling of the event. At the outset, I acknowledge that hindsight is 2020, but there are some corrective measures that can be taken for at least one of the issues addressed. The first subject I'd like to address is a disturbing report coming out of Fox Business by Charlie Gasparino and Lydia Moynihan. This report highlights activities that some feared would happen in the wake of the Trump administration's COVID-19 stimulus plan. In the report, Gasparino and Moynihan share a conversation with the chief executive from a mid-sized bank in New York who testifies that mid-sized hedge funds, brokerage houses, and small to mid-sized law firms have all been applying for the small business loans offered through the COVID-19 payroll protection program. I spoke with banking executives okay. today, and here's what they said towards that they've received a surge of these PPP applications from hedge funds, financial advisors, law firms, and other high-end businesses. These companies can qualify for the program, even though the spirit of the small business lending plan, you know, is aimed at salons and factories and the people that we have on who are really not getting access to it. The interesting thing is my banking source is uh, is an executive who runs a mid-sized bank. Uh, he spoke to me on the on the condition of anonymity and he spoke to me about this because he's really worried that when, when the lockdowns end, 
that there's going to be Occupy Wall Street on steroids because of this. He told me that he's that he and some other banks have decided not to process some of the loans from these outfits, arguing that these are companies, for example, hedge funds, their fees are down, but they're still making money. Remember that they're still bringing in fees, brokers, brokerage teams, private private financial advisors that are applying for this stuff still get some still get fees from clients, law firms. Guess what? They get fees, too. And so what the what the banks are saying, some of these banks are saying, no, we're not going to process your loans. Others obviously have. And that's the problem we have here. They process the, the loans of some of these outfits. Some of these outfits obviously took money away from all the people that we hear from day in and day out. Small, legitimate small businesses, mom and pops. They can't get the money. And these brokers and financial advisors and hedge fund guys are applying and are getting the money. Like I said, some banks, I, I know one banker, you know the guy, but he's he is not processing those loans. We should point out that the Treasury Department had no comment on this. The amount of stimulus money going at Main Street oh, yeah. is a, is paltry. If you think about what Mitch McConnell's trying to do, he's trying to get 250 billion on top of 350 billion. The Fed has pumped close to 10 trillion dollars into the Wall Street banking community. And that's why stocks have stabilized. These small businesses have not stabilized. Why is this an issue? Well, for two reasons. First, each of the aforementioned entities continues to make money during the national quarantine. These are all retainer and fee-based businesses many whose revenue flows are still quite substantial, even if a bit diminished. This hardly puts them in the dire straits being felt by true small businesses and entrepreneurs. Most certainly, these entities exist outside of the spirit of the effort. Second, the damage that these entities are causing, these mid-sized hedge funds, brokerage houses, and small to mid-sized law firms, is monumental in scale and uniquely selfish in the history of all acts of self-interest. Small businesses, true small businesses, the kind that employ CPAs on an hourly basis or even use QuickBooks to do bookkeeping, the kinds that still drive their deposits to the bank each day, make up an estimated 99.9% of all businesses in the United States, and that's based on companies with fewer than 500 employees. According to the latest statistics from the Small Business Administration, roughly half of that number is attributed to companies with less than 100 employees. These businesses are restaurants, small mom-and-pop shops, individual entrepreneurs. These are businesses that employ the lion's share of our population and power our economy, and without whom we would exist routinely in economic crisis. These are the companies and entrepreneurs the Payback Protection Program was meant to stabilize, not hedge funds, brokerage houses, and law firms. I can either file it under the blind squirrel finds a nut category, or the Republicans can F up a one-car funeral category. But the concerns raised by some Democrats and independents about the bailout oversight have come to fruition. Entities that do not desperately need the funding are feeding from the federal money trough, and that's despicable. That said, 
Mitchie McConnell and his establishment swamp buddies in the federal GOP can snatch victory from the jaws of defeat if they execute legislation, and we all know Democrats would sign on to this. If they didn't, it would expose them as part of the swamp. If they would execute legislation that would retroactively exclude entities like mid-sized hedge funds, brokerage houses, and small to mid-sized law firms that are still making a net profit over a certain percentage. Further, they should require them to repay, within five business days, the disingenuously procured loan monies or face penalties assessed at 10% of their after-payroll profits for the entire preceding year. That's right. Make it hurt. Why is this such an important issue? Because at least half, if not more, of the small businesses that were supposed to be getting the PPP aid read a return of their honestly remitted tax dollars are not getting the help that the program was supposed to provide. It's being bled off the top by those who truly do not need it. The result will be the deaths of small businesses on a massive scale and the entry into a recession that will make the Great Depression look like a vacation at Disney World. Small businesses need a lifeline yesterday, and because they fuel the tax revenue engines, federal and state governments, who glean their operating capital from the private sector, have a solemn obligation and in fact a duty to make sure they survive. Should government fail small business? Should the rich and the connected widen the divide through the pillaging of a program that wasn't meant for them, that was meant to keep Main Street alive? The establishment class is seriously tempting a revolution that will bring violence to the streets from coast to coast. Quite honestly, if I were the head of a hedge fund or a brokerage house caught grafting money from this program, I'd be racing to give it back to avoid the noose. Which brings me to the second topic, and a defense of someone I don't normally reference, Dr. Phil. Phil McGraw, better known as Dr. Phil, is being castigated for inferring that the extended COVID-19 lockdown may end up being more detrimental to the nation's populace than the COVID-19 virus itself, something the president said he wanted to avoid early on. And almost on cue, the mask-wearing hoarders who have greedily sucked from the Fauci teat of biased information without even a hint of effort to divine truth from the facts knee-jerk themselves into convulsions that McGraw wasn't with them in their bunkers of quarantine solitude. McGraw said this on Laura Ingram's television program. This is invisible. I can't show you an x-ray of depression. I can't show you an x-ray of anxiety. But the fact of the matter is, the longer this lockdown goes on, the more vulnerable people get. And it's like there's a tipping point. There's a point at which people start having enough problems in lockdown that it will actually create more destruction and actually more death across time than the actual virus will itself. Look, the fact of the matter is, 
is we have people dying, 45,000 people a year die from automobile accidents, 480,000 from cigarettes, 360,000 a year from swimming pools, but we don't shut the country down for that. But yet we're doing it for this and the fallout is going to last for years because people's lives are being destroyed. It's a perfect storm, Laura, because here you've got people that are in isolation, that creates problems. Loneliness actually creates problems. People that suffer from loneliness, they mm. become 29% more likely to have coronary artery disease, 32% more likely to have strokes or die, 40% more likely to have dementia if they're in that age group. So it's not just that it's psychological, their bodies actually start breaking down. So we think we're protecting people's lives by keeping them locked up. You keep them locked up long enough, there's a paradoxical effect. You actually destroy more lives than you do by letting them go out and protect themselves and opt into their lives to fight for what they believe in. What the knee-jerkers fail to consume or understand is that prolonged sequestration and quarantine takes a toll on human beings. From depression to domestic violence to resurgence of addiction, because human beings are creatures of habit, complete with an involuntary survival instinct. Old habits quickly become temptations, and confining spaces invite desperate and atypical behavior. Two restaurant owners that I have the good fortune of working with via their podcast were quite stark about the addiction issue. In their interaction with industry associates, they told me liquor store owners and purveyors are doing booming business. Quote, the best business we've ever seen, unquote, during this event. It doesn't take a mathematician to calculate the potential for alcoholism recidivism here. Don't even get me started on drug abuse, both prescription and otherwise. To put it into perspective, according to the American Addiction Center, more than 7% of Americans aged 18 and up have a drinking problem. This is nearly 13.8 million Americans, and 8.1 million of them are diagnosed as alcoholics. As of this recording, the number of COVID-19 cases in the United States, as opposed to the 13.8 million Americans who are predisposed to alcoholism, 722,372, with 34,386 related deaths and a recorded 59,844 full recoveries. Those death numbers obviously padded with the CDC's directive to include probable and likely COVID-19 patients read untested deceased into the death number mix. To go full circle and return to the small business subject, and specifically the restaurant sector, I have to defer to the exchange between Ingram and McGraw. Conversations with, with business owners who I've gotten to know over the years. I come from a family that owned a small business, a car wash, and my heart is always with the people who get, you know, frankly screwed. I hate that word, screwed in situations like this. The restaurateurs, who, their employees are their families. They're, that's their family. And they've, they've had the, the same employees for 30 years. And these are grown men in tears. And, and they're like, I can't sleep, I can't. And these are, these are grown men. Who, and, and I've never seen this. I've never witnessed this before. 
ever. Well, I've talked to them before, and of course, this happened, and when it happened, they got no warning. Some of them had just received huge orders of perishable foods. They didn't even have time to give it away, and they have these, these people that have worked for them for 20 or 30 years, and they can't afford to keep them on, and they can't do takeout at a lot of these restaurants. They're not geared for that. Our elected officials at the federal, state, and county levels have to stop playing politics with this event. They have to get smart, or at least confer with smart people, on what to do. They have to stop carving out federal and state revenue trough spots for their big donors and Davos-attending buddies and take care of the ones that brought them to the ball, the American people and the small business owners. Wall Street and Madison Avenue will survive, even if they do have to downsize to a G6 or sell the corporate yachts. Mom and Pop, who make Main Street USA thrive, will not. Washington and the various state legislatures have to stop effing around and do the right thing. Pull the money back from the grafters and return it to the revenue generators in their time of need. The failure to do so will light a fuse that no politician will be able to extinguish. I'll be right back with one of my two weekly segments on the Captain's America with Matt Bruce, syndicated to over two million people each day on the Salem and Genesis Communications networks, right after this. They've received a surge of these PPP applications from hedge funds, financial advisors, law firms, and other high-end businesses. My banking source is uh, is an executive who runs a mid-sized bank. He spoke to me about this because he's really worried that when, when the lockdowns end, uh, that there's going to be Occupy Wall Street on steroids because Occupy of Wall Street on steroids. This podcast segment has been brought to you by the Emerald Coast Tea Company, makers of all-natural, handcrafted, exotic blend teas. When it comes to tea, no matter what your preference, the Emerald Coast Tea Company has a tea or tea blend just for you. Order yours today at emeraldcoastteacompany.com. This is in segment rebroadcast of the Captain's America Third Watch with Matt Bruce, syndicated by the GCN Live Satellite System on the Westwood One Radio Network out of the Salem Broadcasting Network flagship station WGUL AM860 in Tampa, Florida. AM930, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerSarasota.com. Captain's America, Third Watch. Coming to you live from Tampa. Call in now and talk to Captain Matt toll-free, 877-969-8600. I'm your captain. I'm your captain. He's on the air, taking on enemies foreign and domestic, and uniting Americans to the cause of liberty. We will rally the world to this cause by our efforts, by our courage. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Good morning, America. Hello, world, and welcome to the Friday morning edition of the Captain's America Third Watch. I'm the Captain Matt Bruce as we broadcast tomorrow's news tonight 
right here from my flagship station in Tampa, Florida, and my Moss Family Automotive Studio to great radio stations across America, as well as all across the Caribbean and around the world, too, via the Internet and the satellite streaming live online right now. And a special shout-out goes to our military men and women, to our EMTs, our firefighters, police, hospital and ER room workers, our 911 dispatchers, the Border Patrol security officers, the U.S. Coast Guard, and everybody that's working right now helping in the coronavirus COVID-19 effort, keeping America free and safe. And to all the people working on the third watch right now, the truckers, warehouse, factory workers, butchers, bakers, maintenance, janitorial workers, mechanics, construction workers, bulk mail centers, Uber, Lyft, taxi, and bus drivers, as well as all the roughnecks out there getting that oil, keeping it moving around so that America can keep rolling along. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, the official Captain's America Third Watch Facebook page, and on Twitter, at Captain's America. And joining us right now, we have Frank Salvato from the Underground USA. And Mr. Frank, how are you? I'm I'm just being me, and that's tough enough. All right, time to say the pledge. Are you ready? You got that. I pledge allegiance, pledge allegiance to the flag, to the flag of, of the United States, States of America. America. And to the republic republic for which it stands, one one nation, nation, under God, God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And we emphasize the two words, under God, because this great country of ours was founded on Judeo-Christian values. Now, the president unveiled a gradual process for reopening America. It is apparently a uh, three-phase program. Uh, What say you? Well, it, it needs to happen as quickly as possible. Because, as he said uh, not too long ago, the the cure is starting to become worse than the disease when it comes to the devastation that's done to this economy. You, you look at independent businesses out there, which makes up 75% of private business, by the way. Uh, and half of them are probably not going to survive this, especially with small restaurants. The, half of them are never going to come back. You know, so it it can't happen soon enough. This is this is starting to to affect the economy in a way that is far beyond anything that could have happened if it never would have been shut down. Mm-hmm. Well, phase one calls on employers to telework where possible to return to work in phases to minimize the non-essential travel and make accommodations for the uh, vulnerable populations when the uh, workforce it calls on all vulnerable individuals to shelter in place and when in public all individuals should continue social distancing. Uh, However, one critical piece to this is the the, uh, uh, criteria uh, where all states and regions should uh, achieve some sort of level before they uh, actually turn themselves loose here. Now, the level they're talking about is uh, so many people tested and so much results back. And there's seven states, apparently, that have already at a level where they've only had like a thousand cases uh, between the seven of them, and uh, about three a day is something what they're averaging right now, those states. So they're talking about they could be ready to open here like almost immediately. Well, and, and there's two things I want to say about that. The one about the teleworking, yep. that's something that businesses should have been doing anyway. If you've got employees that perform, that are loyal and perform for you, 
you can cut your overhead by allowing them to to telework if in fact what what they do doesn't require them to be someplace physically it, it just is smart in the day of the internet and the way that we are that a virtual office and telecommuting is is a brilliant move so i think you're going to see a lot of companies realize that demanding that someone come and sit in a cuticle or, or a cubicle is, is something that wasn't cost effective for them and that they should be employing that that's that's one thing that's coronavirus or not that's something that we've got to get it wrap our heads around um, but when you talk about the, the levels, there have been a lot of places in this country that didn't need to shut down yeah. when you're looking at the levels now that could have been performing at 100% to support the places that needed to be quarantined. So, I, you know, we needed to have done this differently in the beginning. Granted, hindsight's twenty twenty, and and we shouldn't armchair quarterback. Everybody did the best that they could, but shutting down an entire economy uh, because the media has to rattle the cage of fear is it was not brilliant. And we all had the same information. Everybody was on the same page to begin with, including the Democrats. Uh, and then, of course, they went ballistic when Donald Trump said, well, that's it. We're shutting down travel from China. We're going to close that avenue off and we're going to stop Europe. Uh, they went ballistic after that because they said, oh, there's no real problem. Everything is fine. That's because every if if Trump said that it was it was bright out at noon, they would need to say it's dark out because it's midnight. You know, and and this is this is a perfect example of whatever the president says, they're going to take the opposite side for political purposes, and and they did do this. They're trying to rewrite history right now, saying they were on top of it the whole time, and he had a poor response. They were calling him xenophobic. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they they were calling him bigoted. They were calling him an enemy of freedom. You know, any any mud that they could throw at him when he said, you know what, this might be an issue. We need to shut down travel from China. Oh, you can't do that. Well, really? Now they're saying we should have done it sooner. So this knee-jerk response that the Democrats always have that whatever Trump says, they have to take the opposite side, that was dumb. Yeah. It remains dumb, and it will continue to be dumb. And if you're a Democrat, you keep voting for these dumb people, then you're dumb, too. (laughs) All righty. Frank Silvato from the Underground USA uh, podcast. And we'll be right back with more with Frank. By the way, uh, Frank's old city, Chicago, is in the news. We'll tell you why when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Kathy, your turn. You're listening to the Captain's America Third Watch, heard live right here on this station from 2 to 6 a.m. Eastern Time, overnight Monday through Saturday. Call 877-969-8600 and tell us what's on your mind. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. Online at theanswersarasota.com. AM 930, The Answer. This is Frank Salvato, host of the Underground Podcast. And you're getting tomorrow's news tonight, right here on the Captain's America with Matt Bruce. Thank you very much, Mr. Frank Silvato, who's on the line waiting for me to get back to him. And I'll do that right after I tell you that this segment is brought to you by our friends at Moss Nissan. Now, Moss Nissan, Moss is spelled M-A-U-S, Nissan.com is a website, MossNissan.com. 
They have got locations in Crystal River on U.S. 19, also in Newport Ritchie at U.S. 19 and 54, also here in Tampa at 11001 North Florida Avenue, where you've got the Moss Nissan dealership right beside the Moss Acura dealership. And what they do right now, besides selling vehicles, is they fix them and repair them. And if you are in need of service, an oil change or whatever for your vehicle, and you're a veteran, you're active military, a first responder, active or retired, you're a church pastor, or you are a son or daughter or mother or father of a military family member, then you can get a 15% discount on your vehicle when you have it serviced at Moss Nissan. Now, that being said, trot on over to their service department at either one of those locations, Newport Ritchie, Crystal River, or here in Tampa. And remember, they'll also do something else for you. Your car can be given the antromicrobial treatment, which, by the way, comes for free when you buy a vehicle, either certified, pre-owned, or brand new, because Moss Care gives you that protection, where they will actually go inside and uh, clean, seek, destroy all the viruses, all the bacteria, and the interior, uh, interior services of the vehicle, and that second application they do, because it comes that way new, is free. So again, check them out. Moss Nissan, M-A-U-S, MossNissan.com. And always remember to tell them the captain sent you because you're going to save even more money because that vehicle that you go to buy, you're going to get $500 off just by telling them the captain sent you. All right, back to Frank Salvato, managing editor of the new uh, managing editor of the Underground USA podcast. Jeez, here we go again. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, New York City, Chicago, and Seattle have all got the same thing in common again right now. They've already gotten some federal aid to help them out with what's going on. Now they want more. They say, oh, we got to have more. We just don't have enough money. We don't know what to do. Oh. This is so repetitive over and over again, isn't it? No, this is what the major urban centers do. You know, the, the mayors, the political creatures like Gordon Lightfoot or whatever her name is in Chicago, um, they they feel that they have the obligation to try to bleed the federal government dry instead of being leaders themselves and managing their own budgets. You know, uh, you know why why is it mm-hmm. why is it that the urban areas always need more money even though they get the lion's share mm-hmm. from the federal government in payouts every single year? Mm-hmm. Very true. Now, pardon me. Now, something that uh, you and I were talking about during the break here, and let me pull this up real quick. Um, in the fire service, every year we had major training exercises. Now we would do uh, airplane crashes, we would do floods, we would do hurricanes, we would do tornadoes. But we also did something else, which uh, was something very similar to what we're doing right, what we're seeing going on right now. We train for biotechnical, biochemical attacks all the time, every year that I was in the fire service and that I was a part of emergency management uh, almost 40 years. And you did it too, didn't you? Absolutely. And that, which, which leads to the question. I asked this question a couple of days ago and got an incredible response. Um, why is it 
that the urban areas weren't prepared for this, even though they get the most money from the federal government. Their fire departments knew about it because they train about it every year. Right. And, and we train we train not only for for bio warfare but pandemic. Yep. You know, we we train for this specifically. The police departments train specifically. EMS pays specifically for pandemic response yep. and, and 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 biological incident response and chemical response. Even even the emergency rooms and the hospitals coordinate with us in this training sure exercise mm-hmm. every single year. So the Chicago Fire Department, the New York Fire Department, the L.A. Fire Department, they all have these massive exercises every year about how to coordinate and respond to incidents just like this. So why is it that the governments of these locations, whose First responders have to train every year who are fully cognizant of, of what needs to happen during these emergencies. How come these governments weren't prepared? Now, you've got the mayors doing a lot of the talking, right? And then you've got the deputy mayors. And I don't, I really can't say that I've seen any managers, emergency management managers doing a lot of talking at these press conferences when they have these cities, when the mayors get up there like de Blasio and whatnot. But mm-hmm. you don't see the fire department, the fire chief talking. You don't see the police chief talking. You don't see the EMS chief talking, do you? No, because they would. They may slip up politically and and mention the fact that they have to train for it every year. You know, but the fire departments and the police departments and the, and the EMS workers, they're all just doing what they're trained to do right now. Mm-hmm. They were not caught off guard on this. No. The, politi- the political class in New York and Chicago and L.A., they're the ones that failed here. They're the ones that were not prepared, and that's because they are the political class. In this, in this whole thing where you see failures, it comes from the politicians that were in charge of apparatus that they don't fully understand. When you look at Lightfoot in Chicago or de Blasio in New York, these people are political creatures. They're not true public servants who invest in what is the job, what is my purview, how do I, how do I execute service to the public. They're there for political and ideological purposes. Yeah. Power. Yeah. And and again, this this isn't just me talking, folks. This is Frank talking. We're both former professional firefighters and uh my my job after uh I, I came off the fire line as a fire line officer was to become a New York State fire training officer. And part of this part of my responsibility was to put together these uh these evolutions that we would go through, which would involve what I just told you, possibly a, a train wreck or a plane crash or a, a ship disaster or whatever, depending on where it was at when I got down there in Long Island and worked Long Island in New York City, then we were doing all sorts of stuff, but we always came back to the pandemic biochemical attack every year. Yeah, and, and there's a reason for that. The equipment that we would use, if it were something that was catastrophic, yep, it was is specialized equipment that you need to know how to use. Otherwise, yep. you will die. Yep, and that's why we had our hazmat teams. 
that's and that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, when you, when you look at the experts that are that are crowing about the theories out there and putting forward failing models every fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. understand that it's nobody from the fire service, no, or the EMS or the police department. You're right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, well, hang on because uh, we got a call coming in here. So let's see what this is. Okay. Good morning. Is this Bad Gammon Bob? Yep, sure is. Okay, you got about thirty seconds. Make it quick. Okay, just wondered on some of these local city governments and stuff like that that Zavon is talking about. Maybe term limits would be a good idea at some of the local levels too. Anyway, that's right. it. Well, term limits are a good idea anywhere, Frank. In my opinion, I don't. Yeah, absolutely, spot on and correct, and from top to bottom. Yeah. Two from, year, from two, top to bottom. Sure, two terms. You you do two terms uh, maybe as a county or county. Well, let's start with a local thing, town yeah. councilman. And then if you want to move up, fine. If you want to move back, fine. If you want to be the dog catcher, fine. But two terms, that's it. Psh, switch to something different. It's supposed to be public service. It's not supposed to be a profession. Correct. The, the framers never intended for people to go to Washington and stay there for 30 years, like like Pelosi and Schumer and a lot of the other people. They, they yeah. Washington said, wanted to go home after the first term, yeah. and they had the draft for the second term. Yeah, and Eric brings up an interesting point. He just got done talking about the uh, public uh, transportation system and the highway system and uh, the subway and all that stuff. He's right. We did that in New York. We were always training with the Long Island Railroad and or the subway system because we had both. Absolutely. This this was a concerted effort to train for this stuff. Mm-hmm. So for a politician to say that they were caught flat-footed or, or weren't prepared, the federal government's not helping, the failure was was on their lack of leadership, mm-hmm. not the president's. You know, governors got it, it all trickles down to this one. If you're a mayor and you were caught off guard about this, you never listened to the to your first responder chiefs. No. You never, you never did because they knew about it because they practice it every year. You betcha. All righty. And, Frank, uh, you know, we kind of let the cat out of the bag there, but it's about damn time because I'm sick and tired of listening to all this poor me, wah-wah stuff. All right. We'll talk to you on Monday morning, my friend. Have a great weekend. Stay low, my friend. All righty. Frank Salvato, the Underground USA podcast. are coming right back with Patrick Hyland. Talk a little sports there and see what we're going to do. We're all going to be watching television. And uh, we're going to be watching television uh, of the the, uh, games going on in the empty stadiums. (laughs) I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This podcast segment is brought to you by Broussard's Bayou Grill of Navarre Beach, where the bayou meets the beach. Relax with your friends and family in their Surfside restaurant or listen to live music on the outside deck while enjoying their weekly drink specials and a full menu of tasty delights. Broussard's Bayou Grill of Navarre Beach, located at 8649 Gulf Boulevard in Navarre. For more information, log on to www.broussardsbayougrill.com. That's B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D-S bayougrill.com or call 850-396-6098. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe, like, and share our podcast with your friends and family. This podcast can be heard on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and TuneIn. 
as well as on podcast platforms like CastBox, Podcast Addict, Sonos, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Himalaya. This podcast has been a production of the Underground USA Podcast Network. All content is used with permission and exists in the public domain pursuant to the fair use law. You're listening to the Underground Podcast Network. The holiday season is in full swing. As you plan time with family and friends, there might be someone you can't be with, but who's close to your heart? Show them how much you're thinking of them with one-of-a-kind flowers and gifts from 1-800-Flowers.com. From blooms and bites to festive decor and party essentials, 1-800-Flowers.com has everything you need to express and connect for the holidays, birthdays, or every day. Shop 1-800-Flowers.com stream today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.